0: Alright, alright alright, it's Fic Gene Phillip from the Avenue Age podcast. It's been a hot minute since I've ever since we've recorded. Um, I've decided that I wanna do a podcast on my own. If Gina still wants to do the Av Age podcast, I'm more than um, willing to do it. I've hesitated on doing a podcast on my own for quite some time. Only because, you know, I don't know how it is to actually talk and what I mean by that is talk by yourself without bouncing ideas off someone you know for a long time um the co- the podcast consists of me and Gina or at one point me Thomas and Gina so I've always hesitated but what I realize is that because of the lack of because of the lack of um that podcast, I always find myself having conversations with different people. I Find myself going on different lives and having conversation. Um, I guess it's because I've oh, I've oh, I have unique ideas. At least I like to think they're unique. And I've, you know, haven't had an outlet in which to be able to express that. And as a result of not having that outlet. I find myself on IG debating people. I find myself, you know, talking to random people. And I feel like it's about that time, you know. It's about that time for me to see whether or not I can do it. So I've decided to do a podcast on my own. I've actually had the title to it. Um, it's, I'm going to call it The Scattered Mind of Victor Gene Phillips. Reason being is because if you've ever had a conversation with me, you one thing you'll realize I'm like the tangent king. Like I, like a conversation with me is never that straight line. It will go in so many different directions, and I mean I I I think I'm good at bringing it back to what we're talking about. But there are going to be times if when I'm having these discussions that you're gonna be like. Why in the world are you talking about this? What does this have to do with what we're talking about? But nine times out of ten, I always find a way to bring it back. Sometimes I even get lost in the thought that I was talking about. But nine times out of ten, I find a way to bring it back. But um, this, I feel like there's so much things to discuss. Um, I guess with today... Serendipitously or coincidentally I've been seeing these clips online with um, Nikki Giovanni um, Nikki Giovanni and um Baldwin and I almost said Alex Baldwin but James Baldwin yeah, I got lost in my thought for a second. But um, these clips online have been going on for a while. And I think one of the most popular ones of those clips is when Nikki Giovanni starts saying, you know what? Lie to me. You know, you go out there, deal with the white person and deal with work all day long. And then you come home and then you're not. You don't lie to me. You You take out your problems on me. And I have to deal with the rest of you. You give the world everything else but me I have to deal with the rest of you like I don't want to deal with that lie to me I want you to lie to me the same way you lie to that white guy you have to deal with the same way you smile when you don't care about that white person the same way you do that I want you to lie with me when you get home I want you to smile even if you don't want to smile I want you to you know smile so that our sons and our children could see you smile and have that false notion that we are a happy couple like why not and I think um, James Baldwin had a, a very good rebuttal. He was like, that's unhumanly possible. Because if I'm lying to you, if I'm lying to the people at work, I can't come home and lie to you as well. Like, where, where do I release this? Like, no one is able to actually have that, where they're just constantly on or constantly faking so that was his response to it and I thought it was really good but um that's not really what I want to talk about today what I really want to talk about today is I feel like I have to take a deep breath um as I said before serendipitously like I just started I kept on seeing I saw that clip this morning. I said, you know what? I've seen this clip for a couple years now. Let me watch this whole interview. Or this whole discussion. And the discussion's about an hour long. And man, is there so much gems through that discussion, man. They talk about religion. They talk about, of course, the black plight. They talk about the relationship between... um." Black people in society that we live in And one of the clips And one of the many things They talked about today was About James Baldwin was talking about How his father Which was a very genius so I've never heard someone so simplistically um, Explain the dynamics Of um a family Dealing A family as to deal with things in the 50s and the 60s. Or even now. Which is the sad part about all of this. Is that. A lot of this stuff relates to now. Like a lot. A lot. A lot. Of this stuff still relates to now. But anyway. He was explaining how everybody in the family deals with each other. Through their own vantage point. He was explaining how his father. Would come to the house. And be- it was belligerent with everyone. was um mean with everyone, but the thing people didn't realize about the father is that he's going every day to work, working for a white guy who's calling him a nigger, and because he's being called a nigger, it's chipping away at his dignity. But he has eight kids and as a result of having these kids you have to go to work. You have to take care of that family. And the kids see the father one way because the kids don't understand what the father's going through. The kids don't understand that he every day he goes to work a piece a part of him is missing a piece of who he is is missing. but the kid don't see that because the kid is not developed enough. The kid is not um grown enough to understand that the complexity of that dynamic. so all the kids understand is how does daddy treat me and he has to deal with the kid has to deal with the trauma of how his dad treated him the father has to deal with the trauma of having to provide for his family um at a job that strips away of his dignity every day and then he also goes down to talk about how his spouse the wife Nicky Giovanni I mean not Nikki Giovanni but James Baldwin's um mother sees all of this and sees how Day by day, this thing's chipping at him. And the interesting dynamic is that everyone, she's able to see it. The kids are able, but she can only internalize it from her aspect. All she could see is how he treats her. And then um, a fascinating point about it was how little by little, as the kids grow, they become distant from the father. They keep pushing away from the father because they don't understand the complexities of how hard it is to be a black person living in America. And they just keep pushing back away. And as a result, of them pushing back away. They start to realize how cruel the world is. And the son starts to realize how cruel the world is. So he starts to act like they're treating me like a nigga. They calling me a nigga. And as a result of that, the son looks up to the father because, you know, the father's that figure. You know, every kid looks up to their father for either answers or for them to protect them. But what happens in that dynamic is that the kid only sees it from his perspective. So the the kid doesn't realize that the father can't protect them. He's put in a situation and he's the whole family is affected by a situation that's beyond them, that is not of their control. So the father looks so the kid looks up to the father looking for protection and unfortunately realized the fa- that the father can't protect them. And in turn, once the kid realized that the father can't co- protect them, he starts to look at the inf how inferior they feel in this world, and he starts to say, you know what? You're the nigga. You're the person that um that you know, this world is telling me that I am. You know, you're that despicable image or you're the person that this inferior person that I'm this inferior human being that the world is teaching me that I am and then I'm looking up to you for answers and you are helpless I'm coming to find out that you're that person of course he was more elegant in the way he said it but it 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 really hit me I think the part that hit me the most is that you in turn Become you in turn are a victim of circumstances that are beyond you, and how the family dynamics deal with that is tragic. You know, because the the kid is looking up to the to the to to the father to give them a semblance of me. I'm not a nigger. I am proud. I am this and that. I'm that. And as he looks up to the father, he, he begins to see how helpless the father is and then internalize what they say and then realize, you know what? That inferior thing, that that inferior person that you're trying to prove to me that I am, I'm starting to see it in my father because he can't even protect me from this. And, it t- and, and, and as a result of him not being able to protect me from this, I internalize it and realize, man, not only is he the nigga, I am the nigga. And it showed and he begins to show how this is a brilliant system that the oppressor have conjured up to oppress you for as long as he has. Is this thing of helplessness and and um this thing of acknowledging that you're not who you're supposed to be, acknowledging that you're inferior in comparison to me, but But it's a sad acknowledgement because it's an acknowledgement that's based on seeing it from their perspective. They don't see that this is a well-constructed system that is forging you and that is forcing you to in turn believe that you're less than. To put in the proper either protocols or proper, I don't know if that's the right word, but proper... Um, systems or proper circumstances to make you look at yourself and eventually realize you're nobody. And as a result of this mentality, as a result of this situation that's beyond you, you pass it on to the son. The son passes it on to the next son, and the the son passes it on to the daughter. They pass it on to the whole. And as each generation go back, you you kind of internalize that, and it was just. Of course, he is much more brilliant in the way he's able to explain that. But it was just so fascinating how he was able to simplify that. I feel like the mark of an intelligent person is someone who's able to... take the most complex of things and just simplify them. And, of course, um, that conversation basically showcased that. Um, And after... Listening to that interview, interview is about an hour and a half. I go on social media, and I'm presented with I don't know the guy's first name, but Floyd I believe is his last name, and I'm presented with that image of the cop having his f- knees on the back of the, this man's neck. Man is helpless. Hands behind his back. And the cop is just. He has his knees on the back of this guy's neck. And. It kind of reminds me of a quote. That was said during the interview. He was like. "Um, The thing of whiteness is not so much that they want to be white. But they want to damn sure not be black. And to see a guy have his knees on the back of your neck like that, and then the guy ends up dying, you know for a long time, I stopped watch you know I try to limit my social media every so often when these things come because I have to take a deep breath for these things because it's hard to stomach them, man. It's hard to internalize this stuff. I try my best not to look at these videos. And to be true, to be honest, I just seen the probably 10 seconds of the clip and I didn't finish watching it because it's, it's one of those things I don't like watching or I don't, I don't like internalizing. But it just reminded me of a conversation that I had with someone about. I looked at my DMs. That conversation happened May 5th. I'm guessing today is May 27th. Or May 26th, I'm not I'm not sure. And the conversation I was having was a bit radical. It was saying, I was basically telling the person that it, we can suffer this thing but so long. We can deal with this but so long. What's eventually going to happen is that we're going to start fighting the cops. We're going to start murking the cops. We're going to start killing the cops. And it's not something that, you know, naturally I think is the right thing to do. Or um, something that should be applauded to do. But it's just simple human nature. Like the only time they really have ever addressed police brutality. I can remember off the last administration. Which is the Obama administration. The only time I've ever heard them address police brutality. Is when them two cops got shot in Dallas. That's the only time I've seen them address it in a public forum. And what happened with that is just. They don't want other cops dying like this, so they feel like they have to talk. I feel like it's like any bully. Bullies don't stop bullying you because one day they wake up out of bed and say it's you know this the wrong thing to do. Bullies stop bullying you once you punch them straight in the mouth, and that's the conversation I was having. What May Fourth, May Fifth was that eventually, it's gonna turn into a situation where it's not a pretty sight. It's not going to be a situation where we're like, yo, please don't kill us anymore. It's going to be like the person, the next person who kills someone, I'm going to go out of my way to kill them. And that's what's going to happen. And I know it sounds harsh. I know it sounds crazy, but you can continue this behavior, but so long before the people become tired and find a way. And This theory of mine was validated today. I'm going on social media today. And what do they do? They put the guy's badge number. They put the date he did whatever. They put his full name on. And they put his address. Let me say that again. They put his address online. Now to some people they like man they being radical this is too much but what did we think was gonna happen you think people are gonna stand back and cut co- and constantly get brutalized and see you kill people on camera on camera you're killing people on camera and walking away with what you're suspended with pay for a couple things and then the police union you know, fights for your pension and then you get transferred to, an, either you get transferred to another department or you go to another state and continue the same behavior. It's just a matter of time. Now, I don't condone violence. I don't condone people taking matters into their own hands and being vigilantes. But, man, it's one of those things where people get tired. You know, people get tired. They can only deal with nonsense but so long before they feel like they're going to take it into their own hand. Some people might even rationalize it. Like, I'm wasting my life killing people who look like me going to prison for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I might as well use that time to go kill someone who's actually harming me, who's actually posing a threat, who's actually um, victimizing my community. It's only a matter of time that happens and once more, don't get the fact that I'm stating what I think is going to happen with the idea that I'm telling that it should happen. I'm not saying that, but like any human being, any human being, if you put them under the pressure long enough, they will pop. If you put them under pressure long enough, they will take matters into their own hand. Even an animal, and I'm not comparing us to an animal, but I'm just saying, even animals, they're the most dangerous when you put their backs to the wall. And it's only a matter of time where we constantly see this and we internalize it and we see it on video and we get to watch the Zimmermans of the world go by with no with nothing then we're looking at other videos aubrey a guy going for a jog in his own neighborhood two rednecks decide they want to hunt him down because they said yo there was a spree of robberies in the area and then they came chasing the guy and killed him in cold blood man like how much time how many of this do you think we're gonna internalize before we start taking matters into our own action how many of videos do you think from the sandra bliss to the cries of to the cries of you know what's that kid name man I know why i can't but i can't think of it right now but i'm gonna go um back to it but how many of these cries how many trayvon martin how many trayvon martins must we see must we hear like, you know how creepy it was to hear him ask calling for help as Zimmerman was chasing him? And for that guy to get off? Why? Because his father is a judge? Oh, why? Because you have a badge. You get to kill me in cold blood. You get to take strip my life away, kill me in cold blood, and then go about your, your life like nothing happened. You get a slap on your wrist. And then I get to sue you and get millions. Let me tell you something, man. I don't need a dime from you. I need the person. God forbid something was to happen to my daughter or, you know, future son or whoever. You think a million dollars will compensate for my child? You think if you put a a bag of a million dollars in front of me and then put my daughter in front of me, I'm going to choose the million? Like, I don't know how I'd be able to even spend that money. Like, I don't want your million dollars. I want my child. You know, I've seen this time and time again where guys are coming out of prison 30 years later. um, And shout out to them because they were brave enough to not take the plea bargain. They were brave enough to say, I'm going to stay here forever if I have to. But I'm not admitting that I did something I didn't do. And they pleaded and they found ways to, you know, get appeals after appeals and then they got out of prison. Or they even finished their sentence. Only to find out that they didn't do the crime and then they're giving them, what, 20, 30, 10 million dollars. You think 30 years of my life is worth 10 million dollars? By the time you give me that 10 million dollars, I'm 50, 60 years old and I've been incarcerated i'm institutionalized how many um, how many amount of therapy do you think i will need to deal with everyday life when i went in prison they didn't have smartphones. when i went in prison they didn't have half of the things they have now not only that i have to deal with the trauma that i dealt with in prison how many der- how much therapy you think I can deal with? You think that ten million that ten million dollars? Yeah, it could relieve me, but it doesn't relieve me from being in, me being in solitary confinement. It doesn't when I'm in solitary confinement and I have, I become schizophrenic or I have to suffer through other mental health issues. What the hell is that ten million dollars gonna do for me? I want those years back. I don't care about that $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, $4 i million, I don't care about that. you think the average person if they told them you know what I'll give you ten million dollars, but you gotta spend ten years in prison that they'll take it nah bra nah my life is much worth worth more than ten million dollars nah like i i my my, like I said before, my life is worth more than $10 million. No, like, this system that we have, like, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? Because like I said, when people feel helpless, they take matters into their own hands. Period. Period. There's no way around it. People will take matters into their own hands if they feel like they're not heard. And if they feel like they're consistently being victimized, they will take matters into their own hands. Period. There's no way around it. I just feel like, man, like, I'm just sick of tired of watching this stuff, man. I don't know when it's going to end, but it is what it is with that subject, but I feel like I have to take a deep breath, but, um, this is what I, the scattered thoughts that I was thinking today. I'm sure I have other things, but I haven't really wrote them down. All of this was a freestyle, to be quite honest. Um, and I hope to hear from you guys soon again. Um, let me know the mistakes I've made. Let me know what you think of this episode. And I need to, you know, ask everyone to have patience with me because I'm trying to fine tune this whole talking without feedback thing. But um, once more, the feeds will be going through the Avenue H podcast. Eventually, I'll branch out from it and create my another feed of its own. Um, but. Once more, this is Victor, and I'm signing off.